Taylor Hatley and this is Rats Rulings. Today is the 12th of May 2019 and we'll be focusing on the science of supersonic flight as well as some of the technological developments that enable humans to go faster than sound. Supersonic flight means to go faster than sound. That's fast, but how fast is it? NASA says that quote, at sea level the speed of sound is about 768 miles per hour or 1236 kilometers per hour. These kind of speeds are measured in Mach, or a ratio of speed of the object to the speed of sound. Mach 1 is the speed of sound, and supersonic flight is measured up to Mach 5. Anything below Mach 1 is subsonic, and anything after Mach 5 has attained hypersonic velocities. Most modern military aircraft can reach supersonic speeds, and so can bullets from a gun. In fact, there have been multiple cases of airplanes shooting themselves because the speeds the plane hits are higher than those of the bullets after a few milliseconds of flight. However, supersonic flight and the science behind it wasn't very well understood until the later years of World War II. Here was the first time that humans had the ability to travel faster than sound. This came with a slew of issues. The most apparent one was wave drag. Wave drag begins around Mach 0.7 and ends at about Mach 1.0. The pre-jet area of planes could near these speeds in a dive, and airflow over the wings could close in on 700 miles an hour. Now a subsonic plane tends to send out pressure pulses through the air to the air around it. The plane pushes the air out of the way, and that air displaces other air, similar to the way a stone makes ripples when thrown in a lake. As the plane hits transonic speeds, the plane begins to get closer to that area that the pulses should displace. This creates a higher pressure on the plane and also begins to create what researchers call shocks. Shocks are points where supersonic air meets subsonic air and they form discontinuities in the pressure pulses. These disrupt airflow and increase drag. Once the sound barrier is hit, the sound produced by the displacement of the air forms a wake behind the plane, similar to a bow, and this wake creates a boom. Simply put, the air fails to move out of the way of the plane until the plane moves through it. The choppy flight of the transonic speeds is minimized because the airflow regularizes again. The flight controls, often connected to a pilot by cable and pulley back in those days, couldn't be moved during the transonic speed by human strength. This led to unfortunate cases where pilots would crash into the ground in a dive because the compressions on the air surfaces, air wings, would be too great. The higher drag created Trans in transonic speeds also requires significantly more thrust to propel the plane forward. Early jets lack these, this kind of thrust to propel themselves past the sound barrier. That's why they were unable to break the speed of sound. Later jets couldn't and cannot still take in supersonic air to create any thrust at all. All of these issues created problems that would plague scientists and aircraft designers as they struggled to break the sound barrier for the first time. That shattering roar of a sonic boom was not heard until October 14, 1947. NASA documents state that the rocket-powered XS-1 was modeled after a 50 caliber bullet because there was supersonic data for it. Large rocket power itself, which was used to propel the XS-1, was brand new. It first saw action in the German V-2 rocket. Fuel was ridiculously combustible and burned rapidly, creating onboard fuel shortages. The limited supplies meant that the XS-1 had to be dropped like a bomb. The pilot of the XS-1 was Chuck Yeager, a World War II fighter ace. Yeager performed his legendary flight with two broken ribs, according to the record. The flight plan shows that the XS-1 was dropped from about 25,000 feet 
and Jaeger had to use about half his fuel to get to about 45,000 feet. From there, another quarter of his fuel was enough to see it over the sound barrier. Upon entering transonic flow, his instrument panel went wild. And the only way he knew that he cleared the sound barrier was the clearance of his instruments. Because going faster than the speed of sound means that you're never going to hear a sonic boom, of course. Future Excess, which later was just abbreviated to X, continued to push the limits of human creation and also served to test new designs and ideas. Hydraulic flight controls were introduced to prevent wave drag from killing pilots. The Germans designed a swept wing during World War II, angling the wings back to reduce drag and decrease shockwave development. Wings were also thinned down and made with stronger materials, again to reduce shock points. Rectangular air intakes or inlets were installed on 1970s air aircraft to slow air entering them, and labeling subsonic air to be taken in instead of supersonic air. Inlets on the fastest known American plane, the SR-71 Blackbird, were able to produce its thrust on themse by themselves, according to the Glenn Research Center. Developments today are now centered on reducing shockwave size in order to limit the noise created by a sonic boom. NASA hopes to be able to make supersonic travel available to the public. The supersonic boom limits the space in which public vehicles may operate because the boom tends to shatter windows. Previously, there has only been one jet that was in service, the Concorde. It was only really used in transatlantic flights, making the flight four and a half hours shorter than it was originally due to its speed. Unfortunately, the Concorde was discontinued in 2003 due to concerns with its structural integrity and costs. The current X design is slated to arrive from man manufacturer Lockheed Martin by 2021, and it's incorporating an extremely slender fuselage to reduce shockwave points. Should such national research bear fruit, it is distinctly possible for supersonic flight to become mainstream. The speed of flights could be doubled, making it far easier to travel. The economic impacts of supersonic travel are mostly unknown, as the Concorde never really became mainstream. We shall have to wait and see what NASA can find and develop, but the future could be faster than sound. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information on this topic, check out NASA's pages on supersonic flight and development. They have images and diagrams that very nicely sum up their findings. Signing off till next time, it's been Taylor Hatley for Rats Rulings.